Welcome to the Anxious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Broadhead. The goal of this show is to teach you exciting new ways to make more money while still having plenty of time and money left over to create all the amazing movies you've ever dreamed of making. We'll be interviewing wildly successful entrepreneurs and amazing movie-making filmmakers to figure out the best ways to make a lot of money and the best ways to use that money to create great films. Thanks for tuning in, and please check out at the Anxious Filmmaker on Instagram to see short videos of all the best moments from this and every episode. Now let's get the episode started. In addition to filmmaker and entrepreneur interviews, this podcast will sometimes feature several specific segments. Today's segment is Stonk Tonk, where two imbeciles with no formal training in anything remotely related to finance wax poetic about how to the moon stocks will go, such as GameStop, AMC, and any others that show up on Wall Street bets. We used to be long-term investors, and then we got caught up in the hype, lost several thousand dollars in the process, and now consider ourselves, well, morons. But excited morons. Follow our advice at your own peril. Before the episode starts, I want to invite you to FamousFounder.com to sign up for a free 30-minute webinar on how podcasting can build you a huge crowd of customers. During the webinar, you'll learn how to turn one podcast episode into a month's worth of Instagram content, how to book celebrity guests to be on your podcast, the best ways to massively differentiate your podcast, how you can use equipment you already own to record high-quality podcast episodes, the best way to design eye-catching podcast cover art, plus a question and answer session at the end and so much more we will also be giving every viewer a special gift at the end of the webinar and if you can't make it to the live session just make sure to register and we'll send you a recording of the webinar so you can watch on demand please go to famousfounder.com to sign up for the webinar now let's start the episode michael perenic i have a question yeah sure go ahead who made more money Tesla going from $50 to $800 mm-hmm. or, or Raymond James stock going from $2 to $125. It's a trick question. Uh, trick question. Um, are we talking about factory and splits? No, no, that's just nothing. That's just no, run. JP, JP hates Tesla because I won't let him. I won't drop it. I lost like thousands of dollars. Okay, so I think means I think that, I think Raymond James stock there, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's a little time difference. Raymond James took 35 years to do that, and Tesla did it in 18 months. Well, imagine if Raymond James had Elon Musk at the helm. Then it wouldn't be called Raymond James, you Raymond idiot. Raymond Musk. <laughs> Raymond's Musk. Mm. Oh, uh, Raymond James had a 62-fold increase, and Tesla had a 16-fold increase. So far, give them 35 years, and they'll be bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so we got guys, we got a hard stop at 645 because that's what I uh, told myself. Uh, so let's get this party started. Uh, Paradigm, right. what the hell are we doing? Well, what is this? I'm sorry. What? Oh, welcome to Stone Talk. 
Welcome to Stonk Tonk. <laughs> the, green, yeah. the greatest resource of stock news on the internet. Coming to you live from KCCBS Stonk Tonk. Well, you, welcome you to Stonk Tonk. We're going to talk about Stonk Tonk. Welcome to Stonk Tonk, guys. Stonk Tonk. Stonk Tonk over each other. <laughs> oh, we will. Don't you worry. Excellent. So, um, John, uh, are you investing in some stocks currently? Lots of stocks, yes. To tell me what you what you like and what you don't like, and who is your dad? Uh, who's your daddy, and what does he do? Uh, well, what am I looking into? I mean, right now I'm just kind of focusing on ETFs. Uh, until I can uh, drink Old Forester, because uh, that's that's my my end game there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just trying to figure out how to fucking invest. There's so much convoluted bullshit out there, so I'm just trying to understand different strategies, understand if dollar cost averaging's worth it, or if I what just do you what do you some. What do you feel like your hurdles are to like just getting into the market more? Just education. I mean, I, I, yeah, okay. it, I, there's tons of really good strategies out there and tons of good ideas, but I want to make sure I'm making the right one. And so I don't know what the hell that is, how to do that. Or just like if you go on wall street bets or any other subreddit and you're like, hey, what do you guys think of this stock? They're like, do your due diligence. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how do I do my due diligence? I would like to know. My wife's, na- my wife's name is not diligence. <laughs> it's due. Um, <laughs> it's due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that that's true. I, however, got news for you. No one knows what they're doing, and they're all guessing. <laughs> uh, I disagree <laughs> a lot on all that. Right. With the ex- I mean, so look, there are certain things that obviously are more uh, speculative, and yeah. there's some things that are uh, safer, right? You're talking about ETFs. Um, that seems like a safer play, right? Because you are spreading risk, right? But then you also don't get as much reward as fast, right? So you could invest in SPY, you could invest in the S&P index, but like, ha, you yeah, know, S&M sometimes S&M index where you get spanked. Uh, and if you progress far enough, you get spanked like 30 times a day. So um, I think that there's a lot of excitement in a stock that goes from like $6 to 60 or like 300 or whatever. So I think that like a lot of that is, you know, someone might tell you, Hey, have you looked into uranium? Like literally a buddy asked me that yesterday and and I was like, uranium, what for? He's like, what's that? Weapons grade? No, just yellow cake. (laughs) Don't touch that yellow cake. John Paul, have you heard about this investment into uranium? 
Yeah, um, I, it reminds me of uh, uh, the, you know the difference between uh, you know Captain Kirk and and toilet paper. They both go to Uranus to wipe out Klingons. <laughs> Wildly relevant, <laughs> and just just so no one's listening to get some real input from us. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. Any financial advice? We are not financial advisors in any way, shape, or form. Please do not take <laughs> that's, our advice. That's a promise. <laughs> On the subject of uranium, Bill Gates has developed the sodium-cooled nuclear reactor, which runs off of spent fuel rods from existing nuclear power plants. So the demand for uranium going forward is probably not gonna be that good. Seeing as how the technology works and the Chinese ordered 20 of these nuclear plants, but of course, Donald Trump put the kibosh on it, but now the orders are coming back in. So there's there's speculation about like the future as far as uh, like fusion is concerned, and so the uranium play would be like a long term play. But obviously, if fusion became a reality, you don't need as much uranium as you would to run a regular nuclear power plant. You don't need any so, uranium for fusion. Like fusion creates well, seawater. That's what he's saying, Dad. Hmm. Yeah, so it's um anyway, so that, that's that's one play that I found interesting, but it's like really long term, a bit speculative. And there's an ETF, or I think it's an ETF, it's quadruple U. And I thought I put a few bucks in it because I thought, well, I don't want to be uh short sighted. So I mean, it's called energy fuels. But how reliable are commodities? I mean, they just kind of seem very volatile like you never really know what the hell is going to go on i mean look at silver look at gold like that shit is spiking and dropping constantly and you have no fucking idea like silver traders themselves are like yeah i totally bought in at like 97 cents and got 98 cents four hours later <laughs> it's it's insane I mean, like there's so much it, more that goes into that than just like a business well i don't know where right. you... i mean and Go ahead. Why did you think uranium would be a, a play? I mean, so, so the uh, question about uranium uh, was basically a conversation I was having with a friend, and he was talking to me about just like some other stocks, like because we were talking about these companies that are mining Bitcoin and how a lot of these things that I've invested in early on have paid dividends, like not literal dividends, but they've panned out. And he's uh, looking at like future uh, commodities like uranium. And I said, uranium, you know, what's up with that? And he said, well, there was a, uh, I wanna say it was like France, but there was a, a nuclear power plants popping up in Europe, which are gonna run a lot of Europe. And so uranium is gonna become a hotter commodity as some countries turn toward using it at nuclear as their main source of electricity, obviously like aside from renewables. So where'd you run? Yes, <laughs> like Iran. 
Well, you know, kind of what is happening is from what I've heard that uh, Germany is shutting down their nuclear plants because uh, they don't want the risk. Now, France has a lot of nuclear plants, but the general trend is down a downtrend on on traditional nuclear plants globally since Fukushima and all these other problematic places. So I would be shorting uranium <laughs> if you wanted to speculate in it. So hey, hey, guys, let's, uh, John? Yes, John, your question. Yes. So uh, Bob, where, yeah. where do you do this research? What, how do you get this information? Good question, I'm, John. About Germany? No, just just your general research. Like you obviously know a decent amount about what's going on with this commodity, uranium. You've kind of read some articles okay. or something. What what do you? No, I, how do you do I, that? I read CNBC every morning. But they don't uh, like GameStop, so so I can't read them. No, no, they do. They they talk about GameStop uh, when it's uh, a big enough news event to be there. So I mean, it's a sensationalistic. Uh, news outlet but it gives you all the nuggets yeah. but it doesn't deep dive uh i mean the the most credible source for that kind of stuff might be the economist magazine well we only want what you read we don't like because you you are yeah. very successful uh, let's take a step back and introduce everyone hey there we go <laughs> phoenix is uh Fucking dive bomb with some uranium, which I like. But uh, yeah, let's. All right. So, Paranik, you and me uh, started the show last week, and yeah. uh, it has just set the set the world on fire. Um, everyone, everyone's talking about stonk tonk. Yeah, everyone's uh, talking about it. Yeah, and, and this week we have uh, two very special guests. Uh, how, how do we know each other? I, I I'll let them explain. <laughs> Um, John, why don't we start with you? What's who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, I've known you for quite a few years here, Chris yeah. and uh, Mike, just a, a slightly less. Um, main route I know, Chris, is that you terrorized me for the first 30 years of my life, but uh, <laughs> just the, just the first but hey, 30? oh, wait, no, I'm actually 30. I don't know how old I am now. <laughs> Last year was a millennia, John. Yesterday was your birthday. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Shit. Did you your birthday again? <laughs> and yeah, and uh, both of us were lucky enough to come out of the loins of the guy below me. <laughs> below him. Yeah. And then uh, then we have my uh, my cool dad, Bob Broadhead. So that last guy was my brother, and this guy's my dad. And Pernick is my my brother. Also my brother. But... Mothers. <laughs> yes. Brother different mothers. Brothers from different mothers. Yeah. Same so so one of one of the reasons we uh we invited you on this show, uh so me and Mike talk about stop stonks that we're really excited about. And uh so we just wanted to hear what what stonks you guys are excited about and why. And then maybe some uh some general investing uh, knowledge. So, so we'll start. We'll start with uh, with Juan Oban with John. John, what, yeah. what what stonks have got your circles talking these days? Um, I mean, recently I've just been kind of my whole 
start in, uh, investing a few weeks ago, uh, ran across a few YouTube videos on like dividend investing. So I did a, way too much research into that only to realize I don't think it's the best strategy for me at this time. What? But uh, because the dividend is investing is a, it's a good idea. Like it, it'll make you some decent money, but the returns on it aren't nearly as good as just literally investing in the S&P 500 or just <laughs> trying to find growth stocks. And yeah. then once you get to a certain age, then I could transfer those holdings to dividend stocks so that I can basically live forever <laughs> just because they'll, they'll pay me $80,000 a year uh, or more just by holding the stocks. I don't have to sell anything, but yeah. uh, in doing so, I have come across a few really interesting companies. Uh, AbbVie, they are a uh, medical uh, pharmaceutical company. Uh, they are a, a large uh, dividend uh, holding I, I have right now. And they just do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of like uh, cosmetic uh, drugs and things like that, as well as some uh, like uh, uh, like Botox. They they owned Botox. Like it's and, yes. <laughs> I do think they and, look this pretty, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they I just seem like a really solid company they've been paying dividends for uh over 10 years now and they just seem to be in the right place at the right time and doing a lot of really good investments outside of that i've really been looking into disney uh just because like yeah they did recently there, i believe it's yeah. disney that's actually a g G right it is a g that's yeah. a disney some people say disney i i'm a i'm a old soul i say <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Disney is just massive and they own, they, they're just killing it in everything they do. They have, their leadership is just absolutely crushing it. Uh, them getting into the actual, like kind of Netflix, like subscription services with the amount of content that they just own is just a no brainer. And that they were able to do that during the pandemic and continue to absolutely crush the market once they actually get their parks open it's just going to be hand over fist them making money so just a really really good opportunity john, i see john, just going what, forward. what got you into dividends in the first place um well i was really bored at work and uh had a lot of time on my hands and i randomly just came across some reddit posts of like you should look at dividend stocks i'm like all right. <laughs> so I, I, I found this Sounds one. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah basically. I've already exhausted my Pornhub account. Might as well. I know. Well, I, I have a <laughs> carpal tunnel in my right hand, so working on my left. But My left hand's got 90% carpal tunnel. But no, and that After I came After watching across... every video on Pornhub. Yes. <laughs> All four million of them. Now his ankles are going out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I came across uh, a few YouTube channels and just really liked what they were doing. It just sounded it Any, just made a lot of sense. Which, which ones, uh, uh, what channels do you recall that you enjoyed? Uh, Joseph Carlson. He, Specifically on Pornhub. Yes. Yes. Specifically uh, Joseph Carlson. Uh, and that eventually lent 
led me to this other one that I'm actually really, really liking right now. It's called uh, Learn to Invest. It's just this uh, guy, Jimmy from uh, New Jersey, but this fucker is awesome. Like he just, he explains everything about the stock market, like how to research it, how like the formulas work, like literally like grad school level uh, courses for free on YouTube. And so I've just been trying to- What's his name? Uh, his name is Jimmy, but his channel is Learn to Invest. I don't remember his last name. Okay. Yeah. So I've watched a, a handful of his, his videos and like, he's also doing some different stuff, but he's also just talks to you like, Hey, here's how to actually research a company. This is what you do. You look for their 10 Q their 10 K uh, read their business plan, understand what their competition is because it actually explains it in that document. And then let's look at the finances. What's their income? What's their free cash flow? How much debt do they have? Where do you find all this info, Richard? That document, the the 10K document. So if you literally type in Disney 10K, you can pull up. It's a uh, the 10K is the annual document for their company. It's like, hey, we are a publicly traded company. This is our mission statement. This is what we've done the last year. This is everything we're trying to do. This is our competition. This is everything about our business and why you should invest in us. So it's almost somewhat advertising. And it's great because it breaks it all down for you. You can see who the competitors are. You can then do the same investigation on them and see if you like them better or not. Please go to famousfounder.com to sign up for our free webinar on how podcasting can build you a huge crowd of customers. Here's a sneak peek of five amazing things you'll learn during the webinar. One, podcasting is by far the easiest content to create. Two, it's also the easiest content for your customers to consume. Three, podcasting is a great prospecting tool. It's the best way to get your ideal customer's attention I've ever found. Four, your podcast will build customer trust. Five, by inviting experts to be on your podcast, you can potentially receive hundreds to thousands of dollars in free consulting. So don't forget, head on over to famousfounder.com now to sign up for this free 30-minute webinar. Um, I would like to admit What's JP something. Saying? Oh, sorry. Is JP saying? I was just saying that... Um, that's pretty good. Um, and I think uh, that Disney is solid. And the, uh, besides the 10K, uh, you, um, you get the most um, real information from the uh, quarterly reports in which the research analysts are invited and they ask questions. And the questions that the research analysts ask of the uh, CEOs reveals uh, uh, the closest thing to truth about what's going on. So the companies that make the most money are the companies that um, have a monopolistic position. Uh, those are companies that it's hard to break in to their business model. Facebook, Google. You want to <laughs> There's an ETF called MOAT, M-O-A-T, which implies the water ditch around a medieval castle that prevents anybody from getting in the castle. And so what MOAT holds are the companies 
who are making profits which with the highest degree of uh, invincibility or competition is too hard to get at. So uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of, now if you opened up Moat, if you went to uh, uh, CNBC and typed in Moat and then scrolled down to where it said profile and you punch that button, uh, it will open up the portfolio and show you those stocks uh, which are inside the portfolio. And I think it has about 30 to 50 companies which qualify as moat stocks. So uh, those tend to uh, have the most consistent growth rates, but they might not be as you know, profitable as saying getting lucky by buying Apple when it was 30 or Tesla when it was 200. Well, I mean, specifically with that, it's just like, yeah, sure, they may be monopolies, but the thing is like, if they're a monopoly, what's their point of growing? Like they already own everything. So that's just one thing I can argue well, against that. Yeah, monopolies, uh, you know, tend to have consistent profitability because of the lack of competition. And, um, you know, sometimes monopolies are created through um, political contribution, uh, where a company bribes Congress to give their industry or their company a particular advantage over the others. Like for instance, when George Bush made it mandatory for every retired person in America to get part D of Medicare. That meant that they had to pay $30 or more a month to the pharmaceutical companies. So they were locked into buying drugs. The other thing that he did, he passed a law that said that Medicare had to pay full retail to all pharmaceutical companies for the drugs that were used for all retired people. Shit. So the whole pharma industry gained a kind of monopoly, which was purchased by bribes to Congress, which they call it PAC money. Or lobbying. But really, yeah, lobbying, but it's really mm -hmm. bribery. I mean, th that's, lobbying is different than PAC money. But, yeah. Same intent. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, well, it's, hey, I got some money. I'm going to give it to you to help you out so it's easier to get elected somehow or another, yeah. right? But that that's for our political show. I mean, the lobbyists. Yeah. So, uh, Dad, you are, yeah. uh, you are a very successful uh, young man. Would you say that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That you you were able to retire at fifty five, so that you can just like uh, make paddle boards and watch UFO documentaries, and uh, you know and you're you're my hero. So been, how how did you do that? How how were you able to, uh, you know, in, invest and in, in just kind of like keep everything good, so that you're like oh, I'm fifty five, like nuts to this, like peace out corporate fuckers how, well, how did you do that well 
early on in my career, I discovered that the, um, the only part of the stock market that you could really count on uh, were portfolios of dividend paying stocks. And, and the reason was that normal growth stocks were stocks without dividends, uh, the volatility, the ups and the downs were so great that the participants would be scared out of them when they went down. And so they'd go down a lot further. So there was a lot of uh, volatility. Now on a dividend stock, if you're making two or three or 4% and you're getting that all the time, that doesn't change if the stock goes higher or lower. So when stock went down, the dividend gave it a buoyancy. So fewer people would jump out of it during a down period. And so the, the stock would continue its upward momentum at a steadier pace. And so if you looked at all the mutual funds from 1980 until 2000, it was the plain Jane dividend stock portfolios that would win the race, but they wouldn't be flashy and they wouldn't be the fastest and they wouldn't be the greatest. They wouldn't be this and that, but they were the tortoise that got to the finish line. But uh, a large part of my success was when you're younger and you're trying to build assets, you, you put a bulk of your money in these dividend stocks for your consistent runner, and then you have to gamble. And you have to put a lot of money in one thing or two or three things that you really think are going to run. And for me, it was this silly little company that I joined in 1985, uh, whose stock was $10. And it was Raymond James, and they only had 300 uh, stockbrokers. And when I retired in 2005, they had 6,500 stockbrokers. And the, the, the stock had gone up 500 times. Oh, did they pay in stock? Yeah, they gave me stock and I bought stock. We buy it at 85 cents on the dollar. And they gave Wow. And so it, it just grew bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I knew by being inside the company that they were doing good things, right things. They were long-term investing, not short-term. Uh, and I knew this thing had longevity. It wasn't the fly-by-night. It was going to succeed. And everybody thought, well, it's kind of a laggard. It's kind of slow, but the thing just kept going up and up. It actually went up 20% a year for 15 years in a row. Oh, wow. So that's a huge compounding rate because if you make 20%, uh, you double every three and a half years. That's uh, wow. double the uh, 72 months. <laughs> Yeah, That's it's real double a year. Yeah, so 20 goes into 72 three and a half times. So every three and a half years, my money was doubling. Thank you. So that's just 20%. So so do you do you still recommend your strategy of the uh, dividend paying ETFs? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's like a core holding. You would put like half of your money in those kind of things, and then you'd put the half of your rest of your money in some... Uh, higher growth, more speculative things that you'd have to watch because you don't have to watch the dividend portfolios. You just buy them and Here, never. Here's my problem with those stocks though, is like I own some um, 
some Vanguard stocks. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a uh, high yield uh, ETF. Oh, um, VYM. Yeah, VYM. And yes, and it's a great stock. Like it's even uh, you know Friday, it's still made up uh, on a shit market day, which is amazing. Yeah. But um, my only thing is, it's not enough like gambling when I don't have to watch it. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> It's no fun. Now, the other thing is, if you look at it on the chart, the chart is understating how much it's growing because it spits off a 4% dividend. Yeah, that's They're true. not reinvest the dividend. Because they're paying it out. So as soon as they pay it out, they, that stock drops that, that much. Yeah. And it goes into your money market. Mm-hmm. Say, so it doesn't show a true reflection of how much growth it really is. So if it goes up eight percent in a year, it's really gone up twelve percent. Mm, yeah. So, so when you look at the chart, it, it's underwhelming. But if, if you add in the four percent, then it's it's doing better. Now, right now, if you want to invest and make money, you want to look at banks and brokerage firms, and the reason is banks make their biggest money when interest rates go higher. That's because their spread or their margin between what their cost of capital is and how much they make when they loan it out gets exponentially bigger as interest rates get higher. Say so, so like Ray- a JP Morgan. Yes, a JP Morgan, a Bank of America, a Raymond James, a, a Schwab, any of these companies that are that, that managing big pools of money are gonna make a shitload in two years from now, say when interest rates have to go higher because of all the deficit spending, say, but you have to buy it this year to be a year ahead of the cycle or two years ahead of the hmm. cycle. Wait, so you think interest rates are going to go up soon? Is that what you're saying? Not well, soon. Yeah. In a year, year and a half, two years. Why? Inter- well, because of the two trillion dollar thing we just did because yeah, of the COVID money. relief yeah all of the money borrowed to pay for the covid issue is going to come back in two or three years and become uh, something that's going to drag interest rates higher and the banks are going to make a fortune and finally the the brokerage firms are going to make a fortune Okay, so, I'm going to ask this question for people that don't understand interest rates. Obviously, I understand them. <laughs> uh, for the people that don't understand interest rates, what the hell does that mean exactly, Bob? Yes. Well, okay, right now, uh, the, the 10-year treasury, uh, it, it pays. If you put your money away uh, for 10 years with the federal government in a 10-year treasury, they're going to guarantee you all your money back plus 2%. Okay. Now, historically, that 10 year treasury pays between 6 and 8%. Say, so it's extremely low right now. And a few months ago, it was at one and a half. You know, is even at 1%, like six months ago, a year ago. Um, so it's, it's climbing a little bit, but. 
that has compressed the profitability of the banks. Even though the banks have made some money, uh, they'll make more money as that rate starts to go higher. So when the 10-year treasury goes 3%, then 4%, then 5%, the banks are gonna make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a speculative. And because the stock market is an auction market with everybody anticipating what's gonna happen in the future, you have to buy a year in advance of what might happen. You have to get ahead of the crowd. One of the things I've, I mean, well, one of the things is, is one of the things I've noticed is lower. Like some of, <laughs> it's almost at zero. <laughs> so you have to see like that as well. Like, hey, it's going to go up. Yeah, like eventually. The, the rates are negative. Holy shit. And in, and in England, I think they have a couple of rates that Wait, are. So you negative. take your money for the. You have yeah. to money to keep your money in their bank. <laughs> Dad, Dad, how do you. Okay, so. You know, you're trying to get ahead of the market and you, is this just your own kind of speculation? Like, okay, we just passed like close to $6 trillion in COVID relief. Like obviously rates are going to go up. Banks make money when rates go up. Is that just your own kind of experience or or do you? Well, no, I mean, I read, but like if you were to read CNBC, just one page, this is the front page, just blurbs of it every day you would start to get the feel for uh, what these analysts are saying. Now, half of the analysts are touting something because they have a position in it and they want to trick fuck you into... That's why uh, I hate CNBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, many, so, for many reasons, but that's the, probably the main one. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to know that that's happening in some cases, but you will start to see a consensus amongst people, uh, you know, about what the future's bringing. Um, and if you have a Schwab account, they have a very good uh, technical research analyst there that you can read. And Raymond James has a really good one that gives you kind of a feel for what's likely to occur going forward. But what do you mean by that? Always right. So, I mean, another way to play it is, is to anytime the market goes down between 5 and 10%, you buy more. Uh, and anytime it goes up, you sell off a little bit for future trading. So you can kind of do this minor uh, skimming off and buying more of the same old dumb shit that you always buy. You're just buying VYM. Like, yes, Van John. Go- John, in the front row. So, John, uh, so Bob, I, I got a question for you. What's, what's your philosophy? Yes. What's your philosophy? Would you rather do a dollar cost averaging or do a lump sum investment? And for the people that don't understand what you just said, uh, please explain. Okay. Okay, Well, all right. Yeah. So let let, let me give you a quick example. So dollar cost averaging is, let's say I'm going to throw hundred bucks a week into into my brokerage account and just buy these holdings. So every right. week, no matter what, I'm going to spend hundred bucks, buy these holdings over and over. So I'm going to hit the lows, I'm going to hit the highs, I'm at the mediums. I'm just going to constantly be buying it because the market's growing. I'm going to eventually get a decent rate of return. If I do a lump sum, that means I have to do a lot more research. It means, hey, here is when I'm going to buy X stock at. Like I've done my research. Yeah. This is how I value it. I think that if it ever hits, if Disney ever hits a hundred dollars, I'm going to throw $10,000 into it right then because I know that's the lowest it's going to be for a long time. And then it's going to exponentially grow. So 
right. back to Bob, what is your philosophy on that? What, what would you think is the best? Good question, John. Okay, so uh, both of those are good. And uh, foundationally, the dollar cost averaging into a market like now, the market is really high. Mm -hmm. However, it might just get higher and higher and higher as this economy might fucking just take off like a rocket with all this right. money. So what John is doing with dollar cost averaging is really good. But what I like to add, put the icing on the cake is your dollar cost averaging. But if the market does a 10% sell off, do a double, triple amount on that moment like and continue to dollar cost average but if you get a 10 percent decline buy twice as much as you normally buy or three times as much as you normally buy okay so, then right Friday. Friday. so if question. you have a thousand dollars every month and you're going along and three months into the year the market pull goes down 10 percent put in three months of money on every 10 percent dip all Even question early. Can I borrow ten thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm for the next dip, John. Go in your room. Hey, yeah. text box right. just crashed, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give you a dollar a day for ten thousand days. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I wanted. It's called. It's going to be in pennies. And you got to pick it up with your anus. It's it's based on the Polish lottery. <laughs> all right, guys. We have uh, we got two minutes left until uh, we got to call it a day. Um, this this is awesome, Dad. Uh, Parent, this was any, a lot of fun. You got any questions? I feel like we I hogged the. Um, no, I just I just want to give everyone a quick tip. If you guys want to make a lot of money, it's very simple. Uh, look at whatever stocks I'm buying and then short those stocks and you'll make tons of money. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> that's, that's the next time we do this, everybody come up with a single stock or something that they like. Uh, that they would consider putting their money into and tell us why. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Pick a I'll song and tell us why. And then talk about it. And talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, okay. Uh, final question, John Ball. Uh, so is CNBC just, you go to the website and you just gonna, like read the homepage? Yep. Yeah, just a, just a, you'll just scan the front page, and there's like 20 articles, and just pick out uh, what whatever topic jumps out at you. And over time, you will gain a very kind of broad sense of what's possible, what's coming, what what sectors are hot, what are cold, uh, what what the rotation is happening, um, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and how do you cool. tell who's pumping and dumping and who's uh, preaching the truth? Just, just dumping. Well, uh, usually, are characterized by there's just one stock that they're talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and those guys, I, I pay more attention to the generalists, the people that are telling you about market trends, about you know uh, what's happening in the economy that's going to spill over into certain segments of the market. You know, and yeah. the things that a broader impact 
that are going to affect, you know, baskets of the economy and where going forward is going to be good. Like right now they're saying, uh, you know, that, that technology will can continue to do good, that uh, discretionary, uh, that health care, um, those kind of categories and financials are the best and the worst going forward. Uh, it's going to be electric utilities and uh, communication utilities like AT&T and oil stocks. Well, AT&T is trash. <laughs> they bought DirecTV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a dividend paying stock don't hate it on. honestly i i do i do still think verizon's pretty decent just because they're pushing the 5g hard but either way yeah yeah and you gotta be careful of super high dividends too that's kind of mm -hmm. a sucker life anything over five percent just be wary that's it yeah that's what she said that's okay she said. awesome well uh we'll do this again uh, okay. Possibly next Sunday if everyone's available. And, uh, we'll, we'll each come with a with a stonk that we want to talk about. There you go. All right. Awesome. Well, awesome. Thank you yes. guys so much for for joining me and Paranichio. Thanks for coming to Stonk Tonk. Or yeah. Stonk thanks for having uh. Yeah. Thanks for coming over for Stonk Tonk. Chink chink. Appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Or do you have a podcast and want it to grow all the way to the moon? Then please go to famousfounder.com to sign up for our free webinar on how podcasting can build you a huge crowd of customers. Most podcast hosts we work with, myself included, discovered that podcasting is now their favorite way to meet people, further develop relationships with desirable connections, learn new skills, network, prospect, and receive thousands of dollars in consulting for free, all while creating tons of engaging pieces of social media content. And receive thousands of dollars in consulting for free, all while creating tons of engaging and sales-driving pieces of social media content. Because we turn every podcast episode into tons of bite-sized video content for use on social media. If you or anyone you know might be interested in starting or growing a podcast, please send them to FamousFounder.com. To see the complete show notes, specific links to everything mentioned, and videos of the 10 best moments from the episode, please go to anxiousfilmmaker.com. Now let's go make some great money and then some even greater movies.